What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. On this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we are joined by independent hip-hop artist Mike Rips. Now, you may have heard us talk and play a little bit of Mike Rips' music. Rugboy turned us on to him, and we all get to meet him as he sits in with us as we go over the news, and then he turns us on to some of his music and his comic book, Highwayman, and I get to talk about two things that I love, which is hip-hop and comics. We also have some great podcast recommendations, movie reviews and recommendations, and an audio review sent in by a listener, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, August 10th, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. What's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome back. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd! Your weekly geek show where we give you comic book and superhero related news, reviews, and interviews every week. My name is Imran. And it's just crickets. <laughs> crickets? Well, there's no Anthony. There's no Anthony. Oh, that's right. There's no Anthony. That's why I threw it to you, rug boy. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm rug boy, motherfuckers. <laughs> He's the rug boy. <laughs> What's up, dudes? How's it going? Look, you're you're screwing up the whole intro, Rugs. Thanks for following along. There's no Anthony. Anthony right now, which is the jock, if you don't know, he is in Cancun at a resort uh, at a wedding. But joining us on the show, someone I'm very excited to have, someone we all kind of discovered together on the show. He's a producer. He's a DJ. He's an independent hip-hop artist. He's a comic book creator, and he's a podcaster. It's MC Mike Rips. What's up, yeah. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited. Wow, that was a nice little tongue roll. That's very impressive. Uh, that's what the ladies say. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you if hey. the ladies like that. Man, thanks for coming on the show. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling pretty good. Thank you for having me. Peace to Rock Boy. Yeah, see? <laughs> Rock Boy. Shout out to Rock Boy. And look, for the listener, Mike Rips, I got Rock Boy turned us on to him. And he, you have some awesome songs that combine two things I love, which is comic books and hip hop. I listened to some of your shit and I was like, the geek references this guy has, the kung fu music. Uh, we got to get him on the show. And I'm so glad you're here. We're going to get to know all about your music and give you a chance to plug all your stuff. But for if you're a first-time listener, this is what we're going to do. Here's the itinerary for this journey. We got a little bit of geek news. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Rips and learn about him and his music and his comic book. And then we got some recommendations from the three of us, little recommendation section. And if we have time, I got an audio review from our Jock and Nerd podcast science advisor, Adam Morris, of The Dark Tower movie. All very exciting stuff. Mike, I'm glad that you're here and you can uh, check out the full Jock and Nerd experience. Hell yeah. I'm glad you're having me. It's a good time. I was happy you guys hit me up. Uh, you know, you said you like two things you like about me, right? Is rapping and, you know, the comic book and yeah. geek references, yes. movies, whatever. They're yes. going to be endless. 
But I wanted to ask you real quick, if we, real quick, I just want to know what kind of rap you like. Like, what is your favorite artist? Real quick, real quick. My shit is, uh, in 1989, my cousins introduced me to De La Soul. I was, I mean, ah. I, you know, Run DMC, of course, mm. when they when they did the Aerosmith song, you know, it was huge everywhere. Yep. I got turned on to hip hop. But in 1989, when I went to visit my cousins in England and I, and I heard De La Soul, so my shit is Native Tribe Family, De La yeah. Tribe Call Quest, Jungle Bro. Others, Chia Lee, yeah, Black, Black Sheep. Sheep. Black Sheep is the shit. So I love all that. It was like fun, clever, weird uh, hip hop in the early '90s that you don't really see a lot of these days. But I hear a lot of that in your in your stuff, and your production is really good. And just the geek references got me right away, dude. I knew. We'd- well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely huge influence. Uh, Tribes probably my third favorite rap group. Black Sheep, the Wolf and Sheep's clothing album. That's one of the ones. But let's let's we can get into that later. We will I, get I, into going, that after we yeah. do some news after this little yeah. sweeper right here. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Hey, listener, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you want to reach out and touch someone, just visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. It's got our Twitter page, our Facebook page, email, speak pipe, old school voicemail line. You can use the phone, call, and leave us a message. However you want to get in touch, do it. Jockandnerd.com slash 181 for the show notes. For this episode, we're going to start with some more Deadpool 2 news. Last week, we talked about uh, Zazzy Beats and the photo of her as Domino from Deadpool 2, and she had a little mark on her eye that looked like vitiligo, which, Mike, I don't know if you know, Mike, I have vitiligo. I was really yes, excited. dude, I listened to the episode, <laughs> and I was fascinated by it, especially I didn't know Joe Rogan had yeah, it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but that's interesting. Dude, that, that was fascinating, that whole discourse you all had about the vitiligo and, you know. Do you know anybody with vitiligo? You have uh, to know anyone? Uh, I think I do, but I don't think they know. <laughs> really? You know what I'm like, like, it's just a know, rash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I think I think I know people that have it. I don't think they know they have it, you know? Oh. Uh, sometimes people think it's like a birthmark or something. Well, I know I know reverse vitiligo. Reverse vitiligo? That? Yeah, that's when white people <laughs> are black. <laughs> I think I have that. Uh, yeah. no. Uh, I was making a I was making a meta joke. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it happens on the inside is what happens. Yes, it happens exactly. It starts from the penis. All right, look, we're gonna it does. I wish it does. My penis was multicolored at one point. I shit you not. It was nice. like I saw it. Yes, Rugboy hey. has seen the penis. Uh, I've seen a, this penis many times. It was, it was a movie. It's a whole other podcast right. episode. Yeah, a whole other podcast. Uh, look, we want to talk. I want to talk about uh, Josh Brolin. We have our first look of Josh Brolin as Cable yep. in Deadpool Word. Two. Ryan Reynolds tweeted this out himself with the line: uh, "We all have that one grumpy, heavily armed uncle from the future." Hashtag mm-hmm. Premium Cable. Hashtag max- Maximum Asshole. Uh, what? Hey, first of all, are you a fan of, of course you're a fan of the X-Men cable. What are your thoughts on the Deadpool movie? I loved the first one. The yeah. first one was amazing. And a lot of people were hating on it, but my friend and I, Rich, we were doing the comic cons for a while and the cosplay level of Deadpool was so insane. Like some people were like, Oh, this movie's going to be whack. And I was like, no dude, this movie's going to make a hundred million dollars. Trust yeah. me. It's going to make a lot more on the, you know, global market. And then the Deadpool movie was brilliant and a blockbuster. Okay? Yeah. 
What do you guys think about Josh Brolin? Isn't he Thanos as well? He is Thanos and he's Cable, which is pretty fucking cool yeah, yeah, for yeah, Brolin. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. But my thing is, are they going to break the fourth wall in Deadpool 2 being like, well, I'm Thanos anyway. So, I w- well, you know? if any movie, that's a good point. I wonder if people will be confused. If there's a movie that could do that, it would be the Deadpool movie. Where that's what I'm saying. There might be a nod to it. There might be a, like a... I'm I'm gonna just go out on a limb that like cable's gonna fall into some like purple paint. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Now okay. now Thanos is cable. Yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you, you guys remember Strife, Cable's yes. brother? Yes. 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 <laughs> that that pussy. Well, I would love to see him in the movie. Why not? Yeah, but you had cable in here. For the listener who doesn't know who Cable is, it's a he's a convoluted character created by Rob Liefeld. It's actually Scott Summers, Cyclops' future son. Yep, exactly. Comes back in time, and he has a fucked background and history. I'm not even going to try to explain it. But, you guys, let's start rugs. What do you think of this look? Of Josh Brolin as Cable? I jo- mean, like, what, what did you expect? I mean, he doesn't have shoulder pads. I'm a little disappointed, but he has pouches. Yeah, so. He has pouches yes. galore. <laughs> pouches, <laughs> pouches check, cybernetic eye. He's got Jack. that. Yeah, that was there. Scar over the other eye. Yes, he's got the teddy bear, which I don't understand, but I guess some it's, are it's, saying it's an allusion to Hope Summers, which okay. which is wow. his. It's his daughter. But Isn't Hope his daughter? They dropped the ball. They sh- they gotta have shoulder pads. So look, Maybe he's got the them, like in mid movie. He'll get like ridiculous sized shoulder pads that make him look like he's part of like a wrestling team or something. I mean, I thought it was okay. It was pretty good. He does have a ridiculously large fucking gun like Cable does, but I thought he would be a little bit bigger and maybe the hair could be a little bit wider. Mike Rips, what are your thoughts? What Yo, do you think of this Cable? Uh, I don't. I don't know. He look. I was just what you just said is literally you took the words oh, out of my shit, mouth. Sorry. I was gonna say. This guy, he looks too skinny. Yeah. To be cable. Like the shoulders, I mean, I guess Josh Brolin, he's relatively a big guy, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, nothing's ever gonna compare to the comics. Yeah. I mean, no, of course not. Rob Liefeld with the, the hourglass feet. Yeah. That's his new thing. Yeah. Like, by the way, shout out to uh Boston Comic Con. We'll be there. Liefeld's there this weekend. Oh boy. Uh, what's it going? Uh, I wanted to tell you that, Imran. You need like, to go uh, give go over there and give him shit for me. Dude, <laughs> we have a black book, me and my partner, yeah. that's got already the black book that we have. We're trying to get everybody in it. We already have Kevin Eastman, Simon Bisley. We got, I forgot his name, the guy who drew the Cramps record covers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we got our, Drew Shruzen is nice. about to be at, yeah, he's going to be at this thing this weekend. We're going to get him in there. That's so, the one. What's in the book? In. Just uh, autographs or you get him to draw shit no, in there? Oh, uh, no, yeah, uh, sketches. Yeah, nice. It's always nice, sketches. Nice. So, you know what I, I'm but what I don't do you, know. Yeah. I, I no, no, that's fine. Uh, what, what, I mean, I thought, look, he looks huge as Thanos. We see it a little bit and he's giant. Yes. That's, That's all CGI. All CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yo, real quick. Yeah. Let me jump in. Speaking of CGI, what do you guys like more, practical or CGI? Rugs. It depends on the thing. Uh, uh, if, it, if it's something that can easily be done practically, then do it practical. Yeah. Um, if it has to be done in CGI, then do it CGI. It's like one of those mm. things. Something like, like Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes movie. You had to do it CGI. There's no I way. I agree. You- I agree with that. Because I mean, even like when Tim Burton, he had Rick Baker do the makeup, and he's like yeah, the, the makeup best. was good for that movie. So, but they could not make like the 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 action like of, of all these things happening without CGI. So they were going to have to even incorporate CGI into it. 
And the, the problem with CGI is that when you tie it to practical effects, there is like there is a latency. So like when you can see the difference between CGI and the effects, yeah, um, people can tell. I, so yeah. you either have to make the choice to do it all CG or or all practical. No, I, I like I like the third way. I think you should have a nice combination, a balance of both things. One can enhance the other. One of the things that I was shocked, and it's like the stupidest thing that I found out, was that in Batman versus Superman and all the Zack Snyder movies, they CGI his Superman's fucking cape all the time, even when it's just like you're shooting the top of him. Like, just put a fucking yeah, cape on bro, it. Bro, if you look at it, you can... I I assumed that. But it's yeah, silly. From some shots, you don't need to CGI the cape. You're wasting money. Just I put agree. a fucking cape I, on. I, I totally agree. That's just pissing money into the wind right it there. It really yeah. is. So, I mean, I think this this cable works in this universe so far for the Deadpool 2. We'll see. Maybe he does get... I would love some big ass shoulder pads and just something ridiculous. I, I, think, they're gonna, I think they're holding on, holding off on the shoulder pads. I think they're going to bring him in. And that's going to be a surprise little nod, I think, hopefully. It may be a thing where he puts it on. And he's like, this is ridiculous. But, you know, all, <laughs> all the other elements he's got for the most part, the eye, the gun, the pouches. If he only has bad. purple paint or gets purple coloring, I'm going to shit my pants. They definitely, I think they will fuck with that. I mean, if anybody's going to do it, Brian Reynolds is going to try to pull it off. This movie, of course, directed by John Wick and Atomic Blonde's director, David Leach. Uh, Yo, John Wick 1 and 2, I love those movies. I, I haven't I'm seen the sorry. second one yet. I love the first one. I'm I'm dying to see the second one. And I love this universe that they made, dude. It's a fucking great yeah. universe. And and Hell Keanu yeah. is amazing. Like, don't give him any lines. That's the key. You don't have to. He doesn't need to talk. He's badass as a fucking assassin. Now, exactly. what, do you think of, what do you guys think about the Dracula movie with uh, Keanu in it from the 90s? Oh, with Tom, was, Tom Cruise? I, Yes. Oh no, 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 no. It's got like a Winona Ryder, I think. No, but it's Bam Bram Stroker's Dracula. Oh, that one. Yes, yes, yes. 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 I said yes. Bram I said Bram Stroker. Bram Stroker. That sounds like what I did last <laughs> yeah, night. Like <laughs> no, you, uh, Bam Stroker's Bram's I can't ever say Stoker. You Stroker. <laughs> you Stroker, you broader. Right. Okay. No, 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 I actually like that movie. Yeah, that's, that's a good movie. was the weakest link in that movie, but yeah. that movie's brilliant, I think. Was that, oh, who, yeah. was that Kenneth Branagh? Who directed that? No, uh, no that's Francis, Francis Ford. Ford Coppola. Oh, it was Coppola doing yeah. uh, Bram Stoker's right. Dracula. That's pretty good. Deadpool, fucking Mike Rips knows his movies. Mike Rips knows his shit, dude. That's why I was excited to, to have or you come not. on. Uh, I'm excited to be on here, because <laughs> y'all know what's up. You guys brought up J. Scott Campbell in Gen 13 the other day. Yeah, I that was... was that was it for me. That's old. That's old school. That's some deep cuts by Rock Boy. Yeah. Deadpool two. We just gotta wait till next June, twenty eighteen. The movie will be out. Let's move on to some sad news. Uh, Rugs, uh -oh. legend in the Godzilla world. We, they lost a legend. Kaiju fans, Godzilla fans. Mike Rips, you a fan of the Godzilla? Fuck yeah. Toho every day, all See, day. This guy, fucking what, oh, what, dude, come on. <laughs> this guy is down. See them all. Own them all. Own them on VHS. Look at this shit. He's got them on VHS. That's impressive. This is exploitation, dog. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the man behind the monster... Haru Nakajima, the guy who wore the Godzilla bodysuit for every Godzilla film from the original to 1973's Godzilla vs. Megalon, died at 88 uh, mm -hmm. earlier this well, week. It was a life well lived. Yeah. He loved his fans. He would come to all these cons and meet the fans and do the meet and greets. Even to this day, even in his 80s, he would do was it. Was he at G-Fest just recently or did he come last year? I don't. I think he was there uh, the year prior or the year, or the year. I think he was there last year. That. Yeah. 
I saw a lot of Godzilla fans posting, you know, their heartfelt condolences and it hit big with, I'm sure yeah. John Bellotti's out there. Yeah. All the guys from G Fest, uh, they really, they really love Godzilla. I mean, G Fest is a place for, for real fans. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that place, um, is obviously a place that Nakajima went to, to, to pay respect to the fans. And it's really sad that he's gone, but he lived a, a long life and he was really like a, uh, a pioneer. Yeah. Like being in that hot suit. Yeah. Like bringing Godzilla to life. The, the movements and the motions that we're used to. That was all him. In this Variety article, it says, uh, this is kind of interesting. It says in an April interview, Nakajima explained how the original 1954 Godzilla costume was created from ready mixed concrete. Oh, shit. Whoa. Though other reports describe it as a special plastic since commodities like rubber were in short supply after World War II. As a result, the actor was forced to wear a suit that weighed up to 100 kilos. Nakajima... <laughs> 100 kilos. Nakajima added that he was given little direction on how to portray the monster and conducted his own research by studying animals in the Tokyo Zoo. So, like, he went to the zoo and, and tried to mimic a bunch of crazy animals in one. That's really cool, dude. This guy set the, the body movement for Godzilla uh, forever. Yeah, it was the template. He was definitely uh, a pioneer and innovator, and a lot of people had to follow in his footsteps. I mean, he did Godzilla even into the late Showa in the seventies and stuff. So wow. like, uh, or, or late sixties, at least I might be overstepping my bounds here, but like, uh, I know that he probably did guy again. I think he did. That was the last movie, <sighs> but, um, but yeah, definitely, uh, it's heavy that, that he died, but you know, I wish everyone, all the fandom, like, you know, to remember him and you remember that he was a special guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike Ripp's favorite Godzilla movie. Can you pick one? Ah, kill all monsters. Okay. Every day, all day. No question. I was going to ask you. It's funny you said that because uh, that was literally going to be my next question to y'all. What's your favorite Kaiju Toho movie? Kill all monsters. Seconded by the one. I don't remember the name. It's like Jet Jaguar. That's the Godzilla versus Megalon. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> totally right. Holy, you're on point with your toe. Rugs, Rugs right. knows his Godzilla. I'm like the least Hell biggest yeah, Godzilla dog. fan. Anthony's a big really? Godzilla fan. No, yeah. That one, that that one, the, the Jet Jaguar shit is the hardest. Yeah, they really throw down in that one. They really get it's busy. Cool. There's like four fights. There's like four or five good fights in that one. Yeah, and but Godzilla does the dropkick. Kill all monsters is the hardest shit. Yeah, destroy all monsters. I have to correct. Yeah, exactly, you. destroy all monsters. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla Kill nerds. All monsters. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I saw it in the theater on a big screen at this weird theater I used to go to in Connecticut, where they had some weird, uh, you know, uh, cult classic movies playing at midnight. Well, that's awesome. I saw yeah, like yeah. Godzilla versus uh, Mecha Godzilla, the new one from the nineties, in a theater. Oh. And there was like nothing but nerds in there. <laughs> it felt like I mean, so I weird. Wish, I wish I was there with you, bro. Yeah, it was a fun time. Well, we we had to pose for a picture at the end of it, and I was like, "Whoa!" It's like I don't know if we could fit all <laughs> all fit in this picture. Everybody was weighing at three hundred plus. <laughs> it looked like Godzilla. Anyway, no, uh, not to diss the fandom, not but the equivalent height. That's no. Uh, no. The weight was right, but the height wasn't. Rugs, so. what's your favorite Godzilla? Oh man, I, there's so many that I like. I, I can't even go down that road right now. Okay, uh, I, mean, I, I, I like if I'm gonna watch 
one movie uh, over another one. I don't even know which one I would watch first. So, so for me, like I was saying, I recently I saw Shin Godzilla, and I'm not like I don't I haven't seen a lot of the older movies, but I kind of like the Shin. It was weird. Have you seen Shin Godzilla, Mike Rips? No, I have not. That's fascinating. It's a weird. It's a weird movie. There's a lot of reading. Lot it of just reading. came out on DVD. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you can get it on DVD and Blu-ray. And now. it's dubbed on DVD, so you can yeah. get. Wait, wait, real quick. It's called Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla, check it out. That's the newest Toho Godzilla, the latest one. It's like a reinvention. Wait, wait, wait. You mean it came out recently? Yeah, it yeah. came out last year. Wow, and Toho still out. Yep, yep. Yeah. And it's, it's another. It's wow. a. It's not a spinoff of the first movie. It's its own. They rebooted it completely. Toho did a reboot. Real quick question on that note. Have you guys seen It Follows? I heard that's good. I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch that bad. It's on Netflix. That's a, I don't know, it's an Asian movie. I don't know which country, but it has not the Toho Godzilla thing, but it's a monster. It is a monster. And you can, uh, I have that on my Netflix, which is a perfect segue for our next topic, I want to talk about the world of streaming media a little bit because a lot of crazy shit happened this week uh, with Netflix and Disney. Let's just start with the fact that Netflix, a place that was just a place to rent DVDs and watch other people's movies, uh, they bought Mark Millar's whole IP. They bought Miller World. Oh, shit. Miller wow. World, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. Mark Millar, responsible for, if you don't know, uh, Kingsman, Kick-Ass, Wanted. He's written a bunch of things for Marvel. Very prolific guy. Old Man Logan. Oh, he did Old Man Logan. He wrote on the Ultimates, which is what's used, what they modeled the MCU off of heavily, the Ultimates version of Avengers. Uh, he did uh, yeah. Superman Red Sun, if I'm not mistaken yes no, you are correct yes that's a that's a great that is a great book too so from him himself on his website he said he starts it with this warner brothers bought dc comics in 1968 disney bought marvel in 2009 today netflix purchased miller world and i'm still blinking this is only the third time in history a comic book company purchase on this scale has ever happened so for him to for netflix to come and buy his creator-owned comic book company is crazy and now they have a whole bunch of content that they can that's adapt. actually a brilliant move on netflix's part hell uh, motherfucking yeah and i'll tell you why yeah because uh mark millar he has things that are throughout the spectrum yeah he's not strictly superhero yep. he dips into sci-fi crime dips into horror, gangster dips into stuff crime. yeah yeah so he's got like a little bit of everything and you could probably do a lot of this stuff without a huge budget. I Absolutely. Superior, yeah. Superior. What is superior? Is that the name of the yeah, guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest budget thing that he has. And that's that, that only had like four issues. And then maybe like Jupiter's legacy. Everything else you could pretty he much also, do. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Chronauts, which was really good. I, I, Chrononauts. Cro- Chrononauts. Yeah. Cro- that was. Chrononauts a- are like something <laughs> that you get at the store. Oh, that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's a fancy gourmet donut. A chrono, a yeah. chrono, yeah. chrononauts. It's a new candy. Yeah. Chrononauts is uh, Sean Murphy. Mark, Mark Millar is really good. Reborn. I bought the first issue. It's pretty interesting. He's got a lot of awesome creator and worked and i always thought that he writes things that like are just waiting to be adapted into movies and tv shows it was funny because when i was uh reading comics in the early 2000s um everybody was talking about this miller guy yeah i'm like thinking frank miller yeah like frank miller of course frank miller is good what the fuck is everybody talking about miller yeah 
So I'm like, what the fuck did he write? And I heard that he wrote Supreme or something like that yeah. for uh, for Leafield. It's yeah. a Leafield. Yeah, Image, right Image all day. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he was at Image. And then, like, he started his own, he started doing, like, uh, stuff for Marvel, stuff for, and he, he started breaking out and, like, doing crazy shit. And I started reading his stuff. And it was, it came to me, uh, and we talked about this many times, that he's simply not writing comics for comics' sake. He's writing IP yep. to sell. Yep. So basically, Whoa, Miller's been that's heavy, dog. He's been Miller's setting this been up. making mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. to set up for TV series and movies all day long for the past ten years. This is yep. the way you do it. This is the way you do it. I also, I look, I love in terms of the artists that he works with. Great names: John Romita Jr., Sean yeah, Murphy. Yeah, that's my dog, dude. John Romita Jr. is great. Frank quietly. Uh, Dave Gibbons worked on him with one thing. He yeah, so. Dave Gibbons wrote he did Kingsman. Yep, Mark Millar, Dave Gibbons, and actually Matthew Vaughn. Oh, which is called Secret Society. Kingsman, the Secret Service, also written by Matthew Vaughn, who made the movie. So to your point, Rugs, they are planning all this shit from book to movie. He's worked with Lionel U. Lionel U is another great one. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, McNiven. Yep, another one. Fuckers, like I mean, he he plucks the best talent out. Uh, he's really a good creative force. This is very exciting for Netflix because uh, he'll have complete creative control. He'll get to experiment and make make things the way he wants to do it. So that's crazy. And then the next thing. So then, you know, this news breaks and literally the next day news breaks that Disney is going to pull its content from Netflix. Oh, shit. By 2019. Was this a checkmate from uh, from Disney? So let's 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 look at that in a second because Netflix has amazing original programming. They do this huge fucking move by buying this IP, and Disney's like, "Huh, you guys want to?" And now, so th- they kind of want to make their own Netflix. And to their point, you would be like, "Why should I pay you licensing monies to play this when I could just do this myself and set it up?" I don't know if this is a good idea because. That day, both of their stocks, Netflix and Disney, went down. That tells yeah. that tells me that people are like, this may not be a great idea, and they already don't have faith in it. I don't because if you think about the streaming movie landscape right now, Netflix is kind of like the Spotify. I think they need to look at the music industry, what they went through with the Napster, through iTunes, through Spotify, how the record labels were fighting it and couldn't figure out a way to get this to work. Disney is this behind the curve for them? I don't know. This is very interesting. So basically, the deal is they're gonna stay, they're gonna take their live action animated Pixar movies off. Bob Bob Iger has said he's not sure about the Marvel and Star Wars content. That may be its own streaming service, but the TV shows, the Defenders, the Daredevils, those are gonna stay because Netflix actually produces those. It's a different deal. Now, as a consumer, Mike, let me ask you: Do you do Netflix? <laughs> Hell yeah. And this this whole thing you're explaining is so convoluted. Yeah, like, a bit. can we just get our shit, whatever it is? Well, like, th- I'm an idiot. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. I, I, I'm like, I, what, I, would you pay Marvel for a separate service or you would you just stick to Netflix? What would you do? I, I, don't, I don't know. It depends. That's a very good question because I, I would like to stick to Netflix. Because that's just what it is right now. Yeah. I don't like when things keep changing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a conservative dickhead. That's not what I am. But what I'm saying is it keeps changing. Like how you get content yes. changes. Yes. It keeps changing and changing, which is cool. Like, And the way we get it now is cooler than it's ever been because it's so directed. 
But what do you guys think? Like, it's so directed to your thoughts. Wouldn't it, like, I remember I used to listen to Howard Stern back in the day, right? And that was the only thing optional that is, like, there's a hundred shows that are like Howard Stern nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like, how much? How many things are you going to pay for? Yes. That's the question. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I'm not paying for shit, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like, like we, you, people, we're going to assume that people pay for cable, all right? Yeah. Then you're going to pay for Netflix. Yeah. And then yeah. are you going to pay for Marvel on top of that? Or Disney on top Hell, of that? No, fuck no. My, my cousin pays for my Netflix, number one. <laughs> Shared login. That's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm probably I'm going to get kicked off by this week after saying that, but whatever. You know, I don't know. That's a good question, dude. How many are we going to... Yeah. This is what what we're heading towards is everybody wants to make their own Netflix. So not only there'll be a Disney yeah. app, Warner Brothers DC is putting out their app with original. They're doing launching with a live Teen Titans show, Young Justice season three. Yeah. The new Star Trek show is on the CBS All Access app. Then you have Hulu. You have Amazon Prime. They all have original programming. Docs. Yo, check it out. It's going to be like this. It's like right now it's like up in turmoil, but eventually it'll be like you'll be only paying for exactly what you want to see. Which I don't agree with that on a level. It's like you should be able to channel surf and stumble into something you might not agree with on whatever level. Yeah. But, you know, like that's what's defective about this. Uh, there's no there's no chance of like you know discovery anymore discovering new stuff yeah. Yeah. exactly cable exactly. i think is on its way out now another reason why i think oh, yeah I, another reason i think this is a mistake for disney is netflix has a hundred million subscribers right now you wow. you are that's that's insane so why would you leave a platform where people know how to use it they love it they're invested and now you're removing all right your give content me a rug, from, give me a rug down. all right here we go <laughs> The rundown prediction. Yes. Okay. Uh, what's going to happen is no one's going to want to pay for all these things. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. So someone's going to get it up the ass big time. It's either going to be cable companies or Disney's going to get it up the ass, or it's because you're not going to pay like seven times seven times seven times seven. You do all that that extrapolate that even if you kill your cable bill, you're still paying for internet to download this shit. So you're paying fifty bucks a month without anything. And then you got to, if you start cherry picking different things, you got Hulu, Amazon yep. and Netflix. That's three already. Three times seven, 21. Add that to the 50. I don't know. I can't do math, but it's just 70 bucks already. That's too much. You're, yeah. No, you, Ruggs, you're absolutely right. And all you got to do is look at the music industry just in the last two decades when they couldn't figure out what to do. And they, people were trying proprietary uh, downloads and methods. What happened? Piracy increased until Spotify figured out how to get record labels to let them stream the shit. Piracy will increase. And if they do this, if there's a 20 different streaming services that you have to pick to watch your shit, I'm just going to stream it illegally at one place to watch it all because I'm not paying for all those things. So that is another risk you're going to take by, by fabricate, by breaking all this up. Gotcha. I mean, I, the smartest thing Comcast did was put fucking Netflix on their box. Because now I can just talk into my remote and say Netflix, and it goes to fucking Netflix. Like I like I like the the Netflix model yeah. that you can just watch whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. Yeah. And uh, the these new cable boxes are not really up to snuff yet. No. Where they operate as good as uh, as Netflix does. I mean, a lot of these other apps don't not operate as good as Netflix does. Yeah. 
So um, they, everybody's got to up their game. So Netflix is killing it right now. Well, here's the other thing Netflix has going that's going to set it aside from everyone else. They just also released this uh, news that they're heavily investing in original anime series. I don't know if you saw the list. There's like 20 anime shows that they're going to be carrying. And they know how big anime is in the rest of the world outside of like the U.S. mainstream. Anime is gigantic, Rugs. Am I, is that not correct? They have uh, one competitor, which is con- uh, Crunchyroll, right. and then maybe Funimation. Yep, those are their two competitors. If they can crush them and like just choke the life out of them, like they'll be in the in it's the best. So spot. smart for Netflix to get all these anime shows like that. That's gonna keep them going. It's gonna get them more subscribers. What do you think about anime, Mike? Are you into it? Yeah, uh, the old shit though, like Streamline and Manga. I will always say. Uh, Akira is I my goal in life is to see Akira on a big screen. The oh the the anime the animated version, not live action. Oh, no, I don't care about Leo and uh whatever they're doing. Leo is gonna be Canada. He's wait, they're that? doing that? He's trying to do that. I know they've been saying it for years. No, they've been they've been saying that Leonardo DiCaprio's been trying to get Akira made, but I think that it's been juggled around to different people now i think they tried and tried and tried and couldn't get it to do it and after i'll say okay okay let me bring it down with the real anime that i love it's like akira ninja scroll this is the north star Mm. uh there was a lot of uh vampire hunter d wow we we like have the exact same collection Uh, yeah i'm telling (laughs) you that this guy has all of our tastes everything i just named i have on vhs and dvd absolutely (laughs) damn that's old school. How many times did you yeah. watch? Like, no one, nobody knows about Fist of the North Star, though. How, how fucking crazy Come on, that bro. show was. Bro, what about Saturday Matinee on Sci Fi Channel back in the 90s, the late 90s, 95 to like 99? Oh, yeah. They really fucking, they had like a Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I think I used yep, to watch that. Yep, yep. 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 That Ghost in the yeah. Shell on, and they had the series well, there. You mentioned Ghost in the Shell. I think with the recent Ghost in the Shell movie, they're probably going to think long and hard about doing Akira properly and not having another fucking. It's got to be an right, all Asian I, cast. No, real quick, let me rant on that. Yeah, go Dog go for shit, it. Real quick, yeah. because it was like, yo, when I saw that, I was like, this is not going to work because the anime was mad slow. I'm like, if you try and put this in uh, human form, yeah. like it's going to work even less. And it like it barely worked in the manga form. Do you know what I mean by that? Like the comic book shit, which was pretty good, not great. Then they made the um, anime version. Then they made the Scarlet, whatever. It was Scarlet Johansson, or who was it? Yeah, it was Scarlet. Uh, jo- it was Scarlet. Yeah, exactly. Okay, whatever. Garbage. It, it doesn't work. Some mediums work better yeah. in comic book or book or film. And you said, uh, we got, what's it called, coming up, uh, Dark Tower. Yes. A lot of people. Yes. They did, uh, which relates directly to what I'm talking about. Yeah, we'll get we'll get your thoughts on that. And it's another, another I mean, that movie's been trying to make for a decade, and they fucked with it so much. But we will hear from Adam Morris. Okay, this whole thing with Disney making this money grab, for their own streaming service, got me thinking. I found this interesting article. Do you guys think Disney will ever stop publishing comic books, specifically Marvel comic books? Because really, they don't need to be making comic books. The money they make in a year from comic books, they make in one fucking weekend from one movie. That's right. Well, the thing is, it's like Disney financially has nothing gained in comic books. Nope. Um, Nope. Will they will they put them out as like, you know, 
side fodder, side money making, you know, in, income revenue. Yes. But are they going to make it like the art form that it once was? No, Marvel is dead. DC's dead. The only place for real comics is right now until it gets bought out, Image. Ah. And then and then like the indie comics of course, like IDW and all the other little indie indie presses. So there's still places for original great comics. Marvel's not going to be that place. So what does it look, uh, what does it look like in the future? I I envision digital single issues, trade paperbacks, and no, no printed does, single issues. This all, it doesn't mean that that no, they're going to make comic books, but they're going to wipe their ass with the the continuity. They're going to wipe oh, their okay. ass with the canon. They're going to do see. whatever serves them financially. Like if they want to sit there and change everything, they're not going to be beholden to canon because they know that there's there's a group of people that are all old and they're aging out. And they want to get the new people in. And then as soon as that, as soon as that happens, where the old people are aging out and then they need to get the new people, they're going to abandon. Disney not going to give a fuck about those people. Yeah. And they're going to go for the young people. They'll still try and keep the essence of what it is, but they're going to wipe their ass. I'm talking about a hard wipe and like look at the toilet paper and just throw <laughs> it into the toilet <laughs> oh, and not give it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? You think uh, Marvel's gotten corporate? Dude, it's so interesting what you just brought up because I want to shoot on this and talk on this very difficultly because, like, what Ruggs just talked about is what I want to expand on because I'm tired of this pussy-ass bullshit that's yeah. been going on with DC and Marvel and Valiant and Image and we can go down the fucking gauntlet of whoever. Like, what? I don't know. It might not even be good, but I want to attempt something different, or at least what's been going on in the last 20 years. Something fun and cool in comics. You know what I mean? You feel like they're playing it too safe? I, I absolutely... Marvel and DC, no question. Image and Dark Horse, no. Dark Horse is basically decimated at the moment. Do you guys know about that? What happened? I don't know. Like they don't really have what's going on. They're not. Course. They're not really. Yeah, they're not really making too much. <laughs> like, well, what well, IDW came up and snatched up about a bunch of IP that they had. Enough oh. with IDW because like they did the Kurt Cobain comic book. I want to know your thoughts on that right now. I, I actually own it and I haven't read it. Oh, yet. Oh, really? I haven't read it. <laughs> That's the hardest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> is what is that one about? What's the Kurt Cobain comic book about? I don't know. It's about the suicide with. Yeah, it's wow. it's about the last days of his life wow. and, and about him. But like, I bought it. But I have you, Mike. I have a pile of comics that's taller than you. <laughs> get to it. Dark Horse still has Hellboy. They're doing the American Gods. Well, uh, dude, dude there's so much. Like, what's it called? Magnolia doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, From what I've heard, I don't know. They got Predator that's comics, BPRD. They're Dark, still doing. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. I would like to bring back, like, just the fun part of this. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, to, to you, what is your what is your idea of what was the greatest about comics? Like, yeah. what was the uh, time period? Thing, I'll tell you this. My favorite thing I'll tell you right now was when Stan Lee, he had an idea, and his wife said, just run with it because they were going to cancel. Yep. What was it called? Amazing Fantasy. Yep. That's why it's called Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Because they, his wife said, just do whatever. And then he wrote 
Spider-Man, yeah. which is number three, yeah, yeah. as far as I see, is the most famous. Like, something like that, where it just, I don't know, like, he was already, like, Fantastic Four had already hit. He already had his hit. You know what I mean? Like, I want something like that. Like, something that's like... The problem like, they have... But see, the problem they have with doing that right now is they have longtime readers who want... Who, uh, who, yeah. And but they also want to uh, grow their audience. So when they try these new fun, crazy characters like a Miss Marvel or a Gwenpool, uh, the, yes, the the kids okay. like it, but the longtime readers no, are like, "What is this?" I don't care. What 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 I'm fucking with, like what I have now, is nothing compared to what's going to come soon. And I'll talk to you guys about that off mic. Like, but you know, it takes a lot of work. Again, if you're doing it independently, right? You know what I'm saying. Like it's just, you know, Imran. Yeah. You said you, yeah. you did this. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like so, you know, you know, it's so much work when you're doing a job on the side. But whatever. What I have working right now for the scripts, I would love to meet up with y'all and just build on. Right that. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, at the same time, like, are you, I'm not buying Marvel comic books right now. Hell no. Like, bro, I have a lot of, fuck, I, I do every now and then yeah. dabble in it. And I'm like, this is such, it's, the writing is so bad. Yeah. That, okay. I'll tell you this. Okay. Okay. I bought a Deadpool comic. It was a Deadpool series. It was like Deadpool and Cable time traveling. I don't remember. And I just bought it. I just randomly bought it. I think it was in an airport. I was doing work and I was like, oh, let me check this out. Whatever. Right. So like I read it and it's just, it's just so like random, stupid jokes of like, uh, I don't even want to go to this level because I don't agree with this mindset, yeah, but it's yeah. like uh, social justice warrior shit. Like, yeah. like, like what's this called? Like Deadpool wouldn't think like that. Why are you writing it like that? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can tell me that's definitely uh Disney's fingerprints all over this yeah. shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like in the comics, a, like, yeah. Like so I don't I don't understand. Like you want Deadpool to be that raw motherfucker, right? So like why would you write him a certain way that like doesn't fit that? They're corporate. It's corporate, man. They've both gone corporate and it's a shame that it is gonna be like this is the beginning of the end. Well, you know, Marvel was always um Beholden to the comic book code authority and all that stuff yeah, until they were pussy. Yeah. I mean, I, I was fucking with eerie, but they were the ones that uh, they were the ones that went against them, you know, back in the heyday, and and they did True. that the drug issue and didn't have the comics code, and they were like, "Fuck you, comics code." Uh, but that you know, where's that ballsiness is now? It's turned into corporate dollars. When you see these dollars from these movies. It's a money-making machine. They got to protect their IP. It's an investment for them. So they're going to try and milk everything. Uh, Obviously, they're finding out that the old fans are not really with this shit. Yeah. They're not really for all of this safe little, you know, cutesy bullshit. And they're not making enough new. They're not getting enough new people for it to matter financially. The the bottom line is, is that comics are an escape, right? Yeah. You're a little dude. You're a dude who doesn't get pussy. You're a dude who doesn't get paid. You're a dude who just you who doesn't play football, doesn't have other shit taking up his time. You're gonna read comics to get to get away. And you're not gonna wanna be in a safe you already live in that world. You live in that super politically correct world. Yeah. You don't wanna yeah. be in that. You wanna see yeah. Frank present a big boot big booty girls. Yeah. yeah. Dog, you just went. You wanna you're see right. you wanna see that stuff like that's why I love Frank Frazetta because I wanted to be like the guy in the Frank Frazetta painting. All jacked with, Son, a, with a chick on his leg. I'm just going to tell you right now, yeah. as far as anything I've ever done creatively, 
it's based on Frank Frazetta. Anything yeah. he's ever done creatively. You know? Absolutely. That's but the, that, that's that's the whole point. That's an escape, right? Yep. Right, Mike? When you saw that Frank Frazetta painting for the first time, oh. you were able to project yourself into that world and escape from your problems for a second or two. Absolutely. And I agree a, a trillion percent. And I don't even think people understand the magnetism of that. Like, back in the day, it was just a picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's all you had. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you looked at that. And I try to bring myself back to that, where it's like, you're looking at just a picture and interpreting that. And know there's know a whole saying? story like, there and it just gives you like emotions. It's a, yeah, it's an amazing composition. Yeah. Frank Frazetta is the shit. Uh, but uh, look, it's the death of the comic books. Thank you. Corporate yeah. America. Well, look, uh, look, I mean, this is the, this is the thing. Comics still exist in the independent spirit. An independent yes. person yes. who wants to make comics is going to make those escapist comics for you. Uh, don't count on a corporate thing to to make real art. All right, they're gonna no, make a and, product. Yeah, and you're right. Hey, yo, yeah. yo, yo, real quick, rugs. I yeah. got I got three comics on deck, independent, yeah. completely. Yeah, that's well, great, man. Those you, are the things that people should be making. Yes. People should be reading those things, or people should be going after that shit. But it turns True. into like you know the distribution methods are different. What is yeah. the value of this? You, it's kind of like yeah. you got to give away some of it now to get people interested, and then they will buy. Uh, stuff. So it's a balance. Of how do you get people uh, to to be to know your stuff when it's a completely? I was gonna idea. say to look at it. Yeah, and to even like, look oh, at it. Yeah, yep. It's kind of like, yeah. Well, yo, when you when y'all two see these next two things I'm working on, I I, you, I I don't know. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. Which I do a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to Steve but Bannon. I'm it. Saying, but yo, exactly. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to mooch this. I'm trying to mooch this. Oh, the shit. mooch. I I'm trying mooch. to mooch this. It's we'll that new it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, yo, regardless, yo, like uh, when you guys see these new ones, I think you might like it. I'm excited. All right. One last thing before we take a break in the news. True. This is, uh, has nothing to do with comic books or superheroes, but our listener, Chris Williams, posted this and he's like, Emron put this in the show notes. It has to do with a town I'm going to want to move to. Check this out. Uh, Nipton, California. Population 20, located on the border of California and Nevada, is a remnant of the California Gold Rush. Now, one of the first publicly traded companies to specialize in the legal cannabis space is hoping it will be the centerpiece of a 21st century green rush. American Green has purchased the ghost town and plans to transform it into a marijuana tourist destination. Geek boner. It also plans to use it as a production hub for cannabis-based products, starting with CBD-infused water. CBD, or cannabidol, is the non-psychoactive part of cannabis. Doesn't give people who ingest it the high feeling. Uh, research, though, has shown it to have anti-inflammatory, anti-anxiety properties. The company says they'll have several edible extraction companies uh, and the 120 acre area they they they're they bought it for five million dollars and they're gonna uh, spend two and a half million over the next 18 months to build a weed town i'm so excited and the town comes with its own water supply a school building a hotel and a general store i want to go to weed school i want to go to <laughs> weed school what's the weed school like there's like uh thc 101 <laughs> it's like joint you rolling just get high and watch movies <laughs> is, that, is that what weed school is yeah you learn how to roll different joints and how to extract uh you learn how to grow dude this i can't this is like a 
a marijuana tourist town is so great. So they want to do things like <laughs> mineral CBD mineral baths, cannabis retail outpost outposts, artists and resident programs. I don't know. Listen, I don't know what's so new about this. It's a place called Amsterdam. It's been around forever. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's all right. I've been to Amsterdam and it's it's okay. It's uh it, they don't have all these I want to go to like a, a marijuana amusement park with like rides and shit. Uh, what what would those rides be? They just spin you. Know. They just spin you around. They don't do anything. You take a bond hit, and then they just toss you over a fucking large wall. Yeah, they just they just kick you uh, and and give you, you a roll big... down a hill in a tire. <laughs> take a hit off a joint and roll down a hill yeah. in a tire. Wee! Yeah. Uh, so uh, everyone moved to Nipton, California. There's only 20 people living there now. I want to be a Niptonian. Uh, I would love to be a Nip. Tonian. I mean, this look, they're saying the cannabis revolution is going to be as big as the gold rush was in the 19th century. Absolutely not. No? <laughs> no, Trump's going to step all over that. He doesn't like drugs. That's a, oh, no, no. What's his name? Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is going to put the kibosh on this. No, Jeff Sessions no, needs no, to do a session. He needs to do a little smoke session he and show yeah, up. He needs, he needs to do a peyote <laughs> session. Uh, yeah. All right, gang, look, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to play some promos for some fun podcasts. We're going to come back and learn all about Mike Rips. Word up. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mike White. And I'm Rob St. Mary. And we're the hosts of the Projection Booth Podcast. If you haven't heard of the Projection Booth, that's okay. But we think it's time that you have. We've been doing this for over three years now. And we think we're doing a pretty good show. Every week we look at a different film and put it in context. We try to bring you interviews with the people behind the films. Or experts on a subject matter covered in the film. We don't specialize in any one particular genre or type of film. We try to examine every aspect of cinema. From every corner of the globe. Even at three years, we barely just scratched the surface. But we're ready. We're ready for you to listen to us. That's right. Now's the time to give us a shot. Download us through our free smartphone app. Or through Stitcher, iTunes, Geek Juice Radio, Jackalope. Or our website. Projection-booth.com. We'll keep making great shows. Now it's your turn to listen to them. In an age of steam and gears, of monstrous machines and greedy corporations... In a world of automatons and dirigibles and faster-than-sound sky trains. In a time out of time, where the Americas weathered multiple civil wars, where armies continue to watch from the brink of the next conflict. It is a reality where witches and ghouls live among thinking machines and walking machines that resemble humans. It's a role-playing game. It's a dramatic radio adventure. It's a comedy. It's the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast, available on iTunes or at rigstories.com. Hey everybody, this is Steven. And this is Chris. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Is This Adulting? Every week, we're going to sit down to have a discussion about life, culture, our own mental health struggles, and just about anything you can think of. Have you ever wondered which breakfast cereal is the best? Or how to help your friends who are dealing with mental illness? Or why waterbeds were a thing? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then have we got a show for you. And remember, kids, be happy, stay healthy, and go hug someone. Because you never know, they might just be starting a podcast. Doc, 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 doc,
What's up, listener? Thanks for enjoying the show. And I don't know if you know, but there's more show to enjoy. Uh, if you are have been enjoying the program, feel free to give some back. Join our fan club on Patreon, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. For a low monthly pledge, you will get access to hours of bonus content. It's an exclusive podcast feed. And I got to say shout out to our new patron, Thomas. Jockandnerd. Yes, Thomas. Just one name, Thomas. Uh, signed up and uh, this this week. So what's up, Thomas? I hope you're enjoying the content. John Thomas? I don't know. It's just Thomas. He didn't even have a last name. It's just like, you have a new patron, Thomas. So we thank you and everyone on the Patreon. Check it out, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. All right, Mike Rips, man. Uh, I'm, what's good, kid? What's good is I'm fascinated by you, and I want to know what came first, bro, your love of comics or your love of hip-hop? Give us the origin that's so, story. That's so hard to call. Uh. I would say comics first, rap second, punk rock before the rap. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So where was, give us the Mike Rips origin story. Where where was he born? What uh, horrible accident uh, did you survive I to become a superhero? Right on. I was born in the place, uh, Lenox Hill Hospital, lived in fucking Queens for a while till I was two, and then fucking went to uh, Westchester County, and then went to Texas wow. for a few years. Yeah, that's a weird one. And then fucking uh, came back to Connecticut, New York, and back and forth from uh, forever. I lived every hood in Connecticut, and... Uh, I live in a, a not gentrified part of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is shocking in 2017. Yeah, I didn't think there was a... He lives a, on the one block that's no. not gentrified. <laughs> it's weird. I want to take pictures and send it to you. I, I said this to uh, yeah. Imran. Yeah. I was, I was hard He's to still believe. still keeping it hood in Williamsburg. Keeping it hood in Williamsburg. How long have you been yeah. rapping, though? Uh, I don't even... 30 years? Wow, 30, really? Uh, Damn. Yeah. Um, I'm 34, right? Oh, no. So 25 years. Right on. And we talked a little bit about uh, some of our favorite rappers. Who was like your biggest influence growing up that ah, wanted you to rap? It's so tough, man. The biggest influence. I don't even know. Like, I hear a little bit of like, Wu-Tang in your stuff. Yeah. I was like, whoa, Cool G Rap. Yeah. Method Man. Fucking MF Doom. Yeah. MF Doom is a legit. Uh, I like MF now, Doom. Yeah. Man. Like, it's so, like Gangsta Nip. I don't even know, bro. See, like when I was trying to describe Imran to you, I, we were talking on, you know, on on the phone, and I was like, "Yo, this dude, uh, his music is kind of like, you know, how Beastie Boys links all of these callouts to all these different Son, things." Beastie Boys yep. is my second favorite, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. But he does it like in a Wu Tang way. Yeah. So I, I love, that's love. the way. That's what I would do. I would take Wu Tang and Beastie Boys, roll them up in a ball, and that's get a good my call. Kid. That's a good call. I was listening to you. Like, son, I might masturbate in the bathroom later tonight. <laughs> thinking that. Yeah. I, yo, I was. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking geek motor tour. Like you can enhance the geek motor at that point. That is a good analogy, Rugs. Though absolutely, man. I was listening to your no, shit. All- for real, yeah, I appreciate that, man. I was for listening real. to your shit all day, and like, I love your raspy delivery. The production is great. The beats are great. I love you have everything like laid back, jazzy licks, but then you got some like hard beats and some really good guitar loops. Your use of like audio from kung fu movies. I heard a little true romance in there. Yeah. Got- oh, yo. Let me ask you guys a question yeah. as far as Quentin Tarantino. Because I'll tell you this. As I grew up writing rhymes. Yeah. Uh, writing rhymes and writing uh, scripts for the comic or whatever. I'm like, yo, 
my two favorite writers as far as writing outside of writing raps is Stan Lee yeah. and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I loved I love Quentin Tarantino. You grew up in the nineties. You, I mean, when you saw fucking uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, like everyone, I lost my shit. And well, I, that's the thing about Quentin Tarantino is that he writes dialogue that really tells you about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So when you watch, Quentin, yeah. So like when you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, you're watching a movie about something, but you're really watching a movie about Quentin Tarantino. Yo, so I want to ask you guys a question. What do you think? Like, so do you fuck with Quentin? Number one, do you like him? Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's, he's one of the best. So, what do you think is his best script, not movie script? So, I mean, he wrote True Romance, right? Did yes. didn't he also write uh, the the serial killer movie with Woody Harrelson? What was it called? Uh, uh, yeah, Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. That's not his dialogue, though. It's not his dialogue, but he wrote the plot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. Like, but to your point, Rugs, like. He writes what he knows, which is why the dialogue is well, so fucking great. I love Kill Bill. Yeah. I love Kill Bill a lot. I love Pulp Fiction and I love True Romance. Those are my three favorite Quentin Tarantino I still, movies. I still really love Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, True Romance. Absolutely. It's probably the top. Mike, what's your favorite Tarantino? Ah, I got to say Reservoir Dogs, but I love True Romance. I wish I could put True Romance over Reservoir True Romance is so good. I could do every line from that movie from beginning to end. The thing that I know you guys like is that he's a, he's a, Quentin wanted to make it a guy who writes comics, but they, I mean, a guy who writes scripts, but they made it a guy who likes comic books, you know? Yeah, and kung fu movies. Yeah, And you know what's weird? They have the sleepwalker shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the Marvel, the Marvel comic sleepwalker. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it. That's the shit he opens. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, and then he goes to see like the Sunny Chiba movies, and I love how you use like uh, all that kung fu audio. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean the, the, the martial arts movies, I can go and just never stop. You know what I mean? Uh, when did you start? Did you start putting in like the comic book references from the beginning when you started to rap? Yeah, or? yeah, because yeah. that's uh, the, that. I, I'll, I'll tell you a story about my life. This is the thing. My mother was pregnant. And my dad brought her to a double feature. Okay. All right. 1982, I think, because I was born on December 22nd, 1982. My dad brought my mother to do a double feature, and it was Alien and Blade Runner. Nice. <laughs> Holy shit. While I was in the womb. Yeah. Oh. And since then, things have been weird. You absorbed like, all that stuff in, in the womb. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I just love all the geek references. I catch the Godzilla references, the Terminator, Transformers, uh, yeah, there's tons on, of Spider-Man bro. references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, on. this is the bro, shit. Like, if we if we if you wanted to like I want to meet up with you both of you guys and sit down and talk for hours. We can do that. Like, we can do yeah. that's why we got the podcast too. Why where can we find tell the listener where they can find your music? What's the best place? Uh what's it called? SoundCloud slash N-E-R-F-D-O-U-G-L-A-Z, Nerve Douglas. Right on. Z. Yeah. Mike Rips, M-I-C-R-I-P-Z dot bandcamp dot com. Mike Rips. I will, put, I will put all these links in the show notes. You also have a podcast. Yes, The Rentalist. That's where I just go fucking ballistic about whatever's going on in the day. 
That's a great name, the Rantulas. I love the name yeah, and the graphics. Yeah, this is like great. a tarantula, yeah. fucking creeping. You never know. So, and then real quick, tell us about uh, Highwayman, your comic book that you're going to Boston Comic Con with. Yes, we have the Comic Con Highway. We have uh, Highwayman. We've been doing this. Rich and I came up with this idea a long time ago. It's been years. It's been a long time, and uh, you know, it's basically some cyberpunk thing. A guy is locked up. And some Illuminati guys give give him an option. If he gets out of it, if he wants to comply with them, he can get out of his current situation. And then it evolves from there. That's all I can say. Right on. Uh, you, uh, You wrote it and illustrated by your buddy Richard Negro. Is his name? Yes. Yes. Richie. Filthy Rich. Uh, Filthy Rich. Right on. That's it. That's it. That's it. You got one issue out and you're working on, uh, you're working on the future issues. Two. We're going to do one, two, and three. Okay. That's the thing. Reissue series. I have a few other things that are going to be dropping at some point soon, but I can't get into that. You let us know when you can, and we will promote it on the show. I just want, I want the listener to check out all your stuff. You can buy Highwayman on Amazon also. I'll put a link to that. I did actually, I bought it and I read it. Oh, wow. They, I, I, yeah, I read it as well. Yeah. Uh, wow. Has it too. Let's go. Let's go with the, um, with the fireworks. I, well, go. look, I liked, I liked the black and white style with a little bit of red highlight color. I love black okay. and white. I love black and white comic books. I love the art. I, I love how the aliens talk street. That was hilarious to me. <laughs> That's fucking great. But I, Thank I, you. It's, uh, I, I mean, it's a great setup. And uh, I, I mean, the, I want to know about this this other dimension, Rugs. What do you think? Rugs, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like the real, like the 10 second plug here. Okay. Basically, it starts out in like a maximum security prison, and it ends in a titty bar in an alien dimension. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so Yo, good. I can't explain how much I love you for <laughs> saying that. That was also the best part. It ends up in a fucking alien titty bar in another dimension. Check it out. Like, once we can't do it here right now, but like, I gotta build with y'all. Like, and fucking, what's <laughs> you come back like, on anytime you want when you got time. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yo, I'm saying, like, what's it called? You guys did get the idea, at least. That's awesome. I like Absolutely. The, yeah, I like the setup. I want to know more about the guy and like with that other dimension and what the deal is. Uh, and Yo, what they got looks. going. Good looks yeah. for both y'all. For, so we uh, will, uh, me 100%. dude, it was good. it's some fun shit. I like, I mean, it's got a great, like, kind of graffiti. Uh, style to the art. I'll always be punk rock till the yeah, day I'm underground hip hop punk rock. I don't give a motherfucker. That was like that's an interesting choice that you made though. You were like doing your completely your own thing mm-hmm. in yeah. your comic. That's what I I can't not do anything but that because I don't agree with the uh, when you have to try and be like oh okay I'm gonna do this to get no I don't do that I just do my own thing do your shit and I'll man. drive yeah. a fucking truck in New York for the rest of my life and just keep doing this I don't care you just I mean you you were like us we're all creators you just gotta create you gotta make True. the shit you gotta put it out there. And you just got, and you got to work your day job and you just got to go and, uh, and build, build a whole thing. So you're still working on music as well. Absolutely. I got two albums coming out right on. and I have a highwayman issue two and three and then a few other things, but yeah, music, fucking movies, music, movies, me talking about movies. Right on. That's what I mean by that. Right. And uh, you know, comic books, me writing the thing. Dude, prolific you know? writer. How many songs have you put out? 
Uh, you have a lot. No, we, I noticed you have a lot of shit all. out there. I think I counted at least 20, at least. Uh, I was going to say like 65. Yeah, like about. your SoundCloud page has at least 60 tracks. But again, you well, I keep removing it because I have to put the stupid ass fucking talking thing. The on podcast out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just I just renewed my thing where you have to like pay for more bandwidth. And I did it, so you know. I don't know if you heard. Have you heard? Have you heard about SoundCloud? SoundCloud's financial troubles uh, as of late. No, but I just fucking gambled on it. It's like like putting money into the stock market. Yeah, just keep 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 an eye on on the SoundCloud. I don't know. People are like they don't know how much longer it's going to be around. But dude, prolific writer. Writing is writing. You write fucking lyrics. You write scripts. You write movies. You just you got a lot to say, and uh, that I, I love. I love the music. You have shit. Do you do you like one thing better than the other, like making the music or making the comic book? Uh, no, I don't really. I just like enjoying the moment yeah. of uh, having fun. Where it's uh, if you're having fun writing a uh, comic book, or you're having fun writing lyrics, whatever. Who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? So you're like, just doing it for the sake of creating it. You're just you're, yeah, gonna, uh, you're just gonna make raps. I'm gonna clarify something right now. If you're not doing it for that reason, stop now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason to do it because you love it, and that's you, that's that's part of who you are. Never start anything going. Oh, this is going to make me a lot of money. Look, this yeah. is the thing. And before we get off but with you, I, I know, I no, know you're going to bounce. I, I want to say one thing. Go ahead. You always, when you create something, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be blah blah blah," but that shouldn't be the reason you're doing it. Right. No. You always think in the back of your head you're going to have some kind of success with it or whatever. Exactly. But the reason that because the reason that you do something is because you like it, yeah, and because that you want to share it with other people and you hope that other people will will take it and absorb it and like bounce it back to you and say and, and exactly. get it back and forth. So that's the reason that you do it. You you really you're really at the end of the day trying to communicate to people, and you can't have a communication in one direction. It's got to come back to you. And it, yeah, and so, it comes from passion and the urge to create. Like I always, I, whether it's a drawing or, or or doing this podcast. Yeah, we get feedback, and it, I just want to make it stuff. Keeps us going, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But we would do it regardless of the feedback. Mike, you have any? Uh, first of all, do I have your permission to to add a song at the end of the show? One of your songs? Yeah, yeah, go with that one. I said. Yeah, you, you sent me. Uh, yeah. re, re, what was it called? The Harlequin, Repentant Harlequin. Repent Harlequin. Repent Harlequin. TikTok man. Uh, all right, that's a good okay. track, listeners. Like, stick, that, stick around to the end. I will play that. But what are your favorite? What would you uh, tell people to check out? Which of your songs? I like Nikki's oh. son. Our our <laughs> our listener oh, Daniel right. Mosker, who has Geek Street podcast, he really liked Nikki's son. Um, the, uh, I love there's, I'm trying to find the names of these songs. There's a couple of great tracks you have, dude. Word. Uh, you know, just check it out. Like if you like, uh, comic books and weird movies and all that kind of crazy shit, sports too. Like, yeah, yeah. even, uh, you know what I'm saying? I do all that too. Like boxing, like, uh, football. Horn high. Yo is a great song. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a bet you can make in fucking, uh, What's it called? Uh, VIP Crashers is really good. Pure Rips is a great song. I like Gentlemen uh, of he, you. You uh, rap with other groups like Gentlemen of Harvard or with with other yeah. with other groups. Um, so you have like uh, one called VIP. That's a good one. Uh, Crashers. You got um, another song, Straight Rips, Listerine. Yeah. 
You got Graffiti Western. You got all graffiti these Western, that I like that's that one. one. Graffiti yeah. Western. I like that one. Bars on it. Uh, all right, Mike, man. I know you got to bounce. Thank you so much for your time and turning uh, the I listeners on. I was excited that we all like kind of discovered you on the show and then you were on the show. That is so cool. Oh, man. Uh, have Good a- lucks, dude. Like a hundred thousand million percent. Love y'all. Dude, listen. We, we, well, and fucking Imran. I love y'all. Oh, you're the best. We love you too. You're welcome back on anytime. When you got more time, we'll talk. We'll do a three hour show. I don't give a fuck. We could just shoot the shit. Uh, yeah, good, I'll go for a while. Right on. As you can see. Go. Uh, good luck at Boston Comic Con. And uh, good, good looks. And uh, we're, we're, I'm expecting your new shit, man. Uh, thanks uh, for hanging out. For sure. Thank you so much, guys. Love y'all. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Peace. Doc, All right. Another huge thanks for Mike Rips for coming on, for for giving us some of his time. Listener, check the show notes, uh, jockandnerd.com slash 181. Check out his music. I love the music. Check out his comic book. Um, I just think it's a cool story. Like, Rugs, you were like, hey, have you heard of this guy, Mike Rips? And then the next episode, we play a little bit of his music. And then, boom, here he is. We get these on the show. I wish we had more time with him because I think he had to go. Yeah. He only had had like an hour to talk, but like, uh, we were we spent a lot of time on the news, which we probably should have done his interview first. It's fine. I uh, look, uh, you know me. I mismanage money. I mismanage time. We'll get him back to talk more. But the guy knows his geek shit, dude. He knows his stuff. I was very happy. I, I feel like we could we could talk to him for hours. Well, you don't expect the guy who raps to know all of, all about this shit. Right? And he really does. He knows about all of this geek shit. He knew so, his and he, really, he, throws it, he throws it into his music. I love it. He's constantly referencing it. So uh it was nice to kind of see who who does that rapping. Yeah, not a lot of people are doing it, which is why it stood out for me. So, yeah, we'll get him back on. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to give out some recommendations. I hope Mike Rips continues to listen because I have a couple of uh, podcast recommendations that are kind of hip-hop related. I wanted to turn him and you, listener, onto these if you're into hip-hop. Uh, the first one, it's from Gimlet Media. These aren't independent shows, first of all. They have a little bit of money, so it's really good production. The show is called Mogul, Life and Death of Chris Lighty. It's a six-episode podcast with a couple of brief things in the middle, and it's about this hip-hop producer, Chris Lighty, who uh, he started in the Bronx in the 70s carrying DJ Cool Herc's record crates. As a kid, goes on to be the tour manager for like Tribe Called Quest and produces uh, uh, 50 Cent and uh, LL Cool J. Goes on to tour worldwide, become this huge music producer, and then in 2012, uh, shoots himself in the head and commits suicide. Whoa. Yeah, which is very odd because... This man made himself from nothing, was living a great life, and the the podcast goes into his story, and there's some great stories. Everybody knew Chris Lighty, and they still a little bit of suspicion as to why he would do this for a guy that was riding high at the height of his career. Uh, really good show, like a lot of good hip-hop history information, great stories from, like, Fat Joe is on there, and uh, 50 Cent's on there, there's a bunch of people on there. I really enjoyed it. Mogul, Life and Death of Chris Lighty. Hmm. That's a good one. I gotta check that out. That sounds interesting. I will put a link in the show notes. The other one is a podcast called What's Good with Stretch and Bobito. Now, uh, we talked about this, their documentary a long time ago. It's called Stretch and Bobito Radio that Changed Lives. And these are two DJs that 
during the 90s were doing an underground hip-hop show that they got on guys before they were signed. They broke like Biggie at 16. They had him on the show. So the whole, and like not a lot of people, people made mixtapes of these shows and spread it around. The documentary is great. They have a podcast from, uh, I think it's from NPR, and they interview like Chance the Rapper. They had Dave Chappelle on. They had Mahershala Ali from uh, Luke Cage talking, and he was also, uh, is, he's a hip-hop, he does hip-hop. So they there's no music on the show, but it's them talking to really interesting people. It's a very good conversation, and you learn a lot about the history of hip-hop and hip-hop culture. Nice. And then the last one is not really hip-hop related. It's called Ear Hustle. Uh, it sounds like it would be. It sounds like it would be. This is from Radiotopia. Check this out. This is a podcast produced from and from inside San Quentin Prison. Oh, shit. Whoa. It's hosted by an inmate and this other lady who works there with the, the prisoners. And every week they interview other people, what it's like to be in prison in San Quentin, what it's like to be in uh, solitary. Uh, all Oh, my God. It's so fascinating. Like people have to send them postcards. They can't like email or tweet them. You have to literally send them a postcard and then the prison has to make sure it's okay. And then they read it. Uh, it's fascinating. If you like stuff like Locked Up Abroad or 60 Days In or those reality I shows. I Locked Up Abroad once. Oh, uh, yeah, you locked it. You let her out yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's still in there. You better out. <laughs> Ear Hustle Podcast, dude. So fascinating. Short episodes. Uh, find out what it's like in San Quentin Prison. It's awesome. Rugs, what do you got? Oh, my God. What do I don't got? <laughs> oh, I don't. Let's go. I don't got an ear hustle. I'll tell you that. I have an ear hustle. You got I'm one. just still reeling from this whole Mike Rips thing. I know. Just, it was great. It was like the Tasmanian devil. He's crazy. I love uh, I mean, I get that guy. He's all over the place, just like me. Like, uh, the yeah. two of us together. It was like, it. It, like three really strong. We, like, we need an Anthony who's a little chill. Yeah. Like, balance us out because it's just it was three crazy ass people. He, but I love how excited the enthusiasm. You got excited. Yeah, it was a lot of energy going on. Yes. Um, okay. So I saw a couple movies. All right. All right. Now we were talking about the tom tomato meter, whatever. Tom tomato meter. Yeah. Tom I don't know how the fuck to pronounce that. The tomato meter. Or is it the tomato? Or is it the thermometer? Yeah. And how like you can look at it and sh movies get like total shit ratings, and right. you're like, oh, this is dog shit. But um, I I saw the the new King Arthur movie. Ah, that got very twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's dog shit. That should be like a piece of shit movie, but. I actually watched it, and did I think it was a great movie? No, it was a it was it was this not the greatest. Is movie. the Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah, but I would make I would put it up higher than twenty percent. That just oh. seems like that's that score is way too low. Audience score seventy two. Okay, so the audience score gave it a good score because they were enter It was an entertaining movie. Now you can go into this movie, and if you really like King Arthur and you know about the legend, you're going to be disappointed, right? So in a lot of ways, when I went to see Spider-Man and I really liked Spider-Man, yeah. I was disappointing in Homecoming. Yeah. But I but I admitted that Homecoming was an entertaining film. So if you throw the canon out, it's enjoyable. Same thing with King Arthur. It was an enjoyable movie. If you throw out the canon of King Arthur, it was enjoyable. There was parts of it that were not enjoyable. Yeah. There was maybe like two really like grating scenes of like chase scenes that seemed to go nowhere. And some bad CGI here and there. Good action, but but there was good CGI and good action in places, and um, like they really they they legit did like a, a CG death dealer from Frank Frazetta. Whoa! Oh wow! It, With like the big helmet and everything. Yeah, Whoa. like it wasn't exactly death dealer, but it yeah. was totally ripping off death dealer. 
And it was a fight, like Skeletor versus He-Man at the end. Nice. It was crazy. So this is like a superhero kind of version of King Arthur. Yeah. Nice. And it had like it has like weird, like uh it has weird dialogue and all that. So was it a good movie? No, but it wasn't a 29% either. It was somewhere in the middle. It's maybe a 50%. So like a fun a fun watch, you forget about it, you move on with your life, yeah, but it's, it's not entertaining. gonna change your life. But like as I said, like all of these movies are getting shit reviews. Right. Like the mummy was a was entertaining at least. It wasn't a great movie, no, That's but interesting. It it's another one. It, it wasn't uh terrible either it was it was fun i had fun watching it you had Char- charlie hunnam playing arthur jude law eric banna yeah, jude law is great in this movie right on annabelle but wallace anyway. is in this too from the mummy yeah she's in every movie now she's in every fucking movie okay uh, see, so see, arthur, once you see her again like I, I saw her in peaky <laughs> blinders she's in that too she's I, in everything I, I, look i might t- i might check this out now king arthur legend of the sword fun entertaining but don't think about it too much no it's not a good movie oh it's not good okay. it, it, it's not a good. It's a fifty, I say. Okay, a fifty. Okay. It's like either way. You can flip a coin. If you like it, you like it, or you hate it. This guy but, looks like Brad Pitt a little bit, also. A little bit. Yeah. But I saw it anyway. Okay. Now to a movie that I recommend. Yes. Yeah. Flight. Flight. Like slight, slight of hand. Okay. Not slight, like little, but slight of hand. S L I G H T. Yeah, there's an E in there somewhere. Anyway, um, it's a movie about this dude whose mom dies. He's a a kid who got a scholarship for like being smart to a college and his mom dies and he ends up having to take care of his little sister. So um, he's scientifically smart and he's also a really good like sleight of hand magician. Anyway, so he uses his sleight of hand to like make money on the side and he also sells drugs. Okay, and he, he starts selling drugs for this gangster. Anyhow, one of the ways that he makes money, uh, which is doing the magic stuff, is he incorporates some of his scientific knowledge into his tricks. Oh, so he can do certain things. Okay, like make things float, for example. Whoa. Okay. Um. Anyway, I don't want to give away too much, but basically, he gets into a quandary where um, he ends up. Uh, as soon as you get in dr- involved with drugs, there's always some kind of some shit's gonna go wrong. So some shit goes wrong, and now he's got to deal with the drug dealing part of it, and 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 being mixed up in that world. Magic and drug dealing—that's interesting. Yeah. So mm. not magic, but using technology. Oh, okay. To create magic. Well, I kind of want to watch this. So this on the tomato meter, seventy-two percent by the critics, fifty-four percent by the audience. Yeah, so there you go. The opposite. Critics love it. Yeah, audience it's a little don't bit get of it. a bore. It's a little bit of a uh, a slow moving. I'm gonna say I was about to say boring, but slow moving. And there's not like a huge payoff. Like it just starts to to, to be something, and then it just stops. Written so, and directed by J.D. Dillard, and uh, starring yeah. a dude named Jacob Lattimore as Bo. So uh, is it a great movie? No, but it's 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 pretty good. This is a, kind of reminds me of like Dope, uh, but yeah. with magic. With For a low budget film, yeah. a small movie, yeah, to do something a, attempting a superhero in a way, it's interesting. Right on. I kind of uh, dig that. I think I would totally. I'm going to watch it, this movie. It looks is it cool. Going to compete with Homecoming? No. Is it com- going to compete with Guardians of the Galaxy? Not. But in more, a fucking- maybe more like a Chronicle kind of thing. 
Not even. Uh, no, it's way more low budget than that. Oh, it's small, a super small low budget right film. On, there's hardly right any. There's hardly like maybe like two scenes where there's any kind of like effects or anything like Lots that. Lots of practical stuff. Then yeah, I and mean, you could do a lot of this magic with practical stuff. Yeah, it's basically TV level or below TV level. Okay, but uh, well written and good, well acted. Yeah, cool. It's, it was an enjoyable little little flick. Right on, slight. Check it out. Uh, I'll put links to all this stuff in King Arthur. And uh, last thing we got, we have a lovely audio review. Here's a couple of minutes from our resident podcast science guy, Adam Morris, who just saw the Dark Tower movie. Hello, everybody. This is the jock and nerd science guy, Dr. Adam Morris. I am just checking in today to give you a quick review of the Dark Tower. Um, So I have a long history with these books. I read the first ones when I was a kid. I would not recommend letting your nine-year-old read these books, but I kind of stole them from my mother uh, because the artwork was so incredible in a couple of the original volumes that I uh, that I really got hooked and I wanted to know what the story is behind all this art was. Um, the first book opens with a really classic line, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, which got your, gets your mind reeling a little bit, being like, hey, who's the gunslinger? Why is there a gunslinger in this world? Who is the man in black? Why is he chasing them? And why the hell are they in the middle of a desert? Um, so it engages you in the story immediately. And then throughout the story, Roland meets a little kid named Jake, who it turns out is introduced into this desert world from our world when he died. So this is the first kind of inkling in the story that there's connections and there's more to the story than just kind of a straight-ahead Western. But that's really the only sci-fi kind of element you get in this story. All the kind of world jumping and portal leaping and all this kind of stuff is, are introduced far later in the book so that you are eased into it. So that brings me to the movie, which is one of my major problems with the movie is that they jumped way ahead in the narrative and you go right immediately from this kind of Western feel to the sci-fi feel where they're going through portals between worlds and you know they're blasting the Dark Tower itself with this crazy beam that is being extracted from psychic kids. And again, all these concepts in the books are not introduced till the seventh book. So you have a lot of time to kind of lead into it and understand what's going on. Some of the narrative structure of the movie actually follows the book quite closely there are two major action sequences uh, in both stories one of which kind of serves to introduce you to what a fierce and like badass killer Roland is Uh, in the book it's even more dramatic than it is in the movie in the book he actually kills an entire town of women children and men when the man in black leaves a trap for him there it's a little bit different in the uh, in the movie uh, but it's still a pretty cool action sequence, I think, all said and done. And given the budget, the CGI actually isn't so bad in the uh, in the action sequences, although there are a few other cringeworthy moments throughout the movie. So without bearing the lead fully here, i got to say that uh, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. I don't think it's the complete dumpster fire that uh, Rotten Tomatoes would have you believe. It's entertaining, mostly because the characters themselves I find fascinating. Uh, Idris Elba nailed Roland through and through. He has been criticized, I guess, for being a bit unfeeling, but that's what Roland's character is. He's supposed to be a cold-hearted killer who gradually has his humanity kind of reawakened by these friends that he builds through the course of this journey. Matthew McConaughey as a man in black was incredible. Walter is supposed to be kind of this theatrical, over-the-top character. McConaughey obviously knows how to do that quite well. And I actually like the kid that played Jake quite a lot. I've heard some bad things about him too, but uh, I think he did a pretty good job given the kind of strange role he played in the movie and the, the way the character was kind of developed. They screwed the whole story up by jumping around too much, um, and I'm hopeful that if there is a second movie, it will be much more similar to the drawing of the three, which is actually my favorite of all seven books. Again, a relatively simple story, but 
way more kind of sci-fi based. But if we don't get to see any more movies, I'm sure the TV show will be entertaining as well. So, again, all said and done, I give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, it's probably a little bit lower, if I'm being fully honest. I'm a little bit biased because I love these characters in this story so much. But, yeah, give it a shot. If you like Idris Elba or McConaughey or both, I think you'll get a kick out of the film anyway. But, uh, but yeah, don't hold your expectations too, too high on this one, which is uh, really too bad. Anyway, thanks for your time, guys. Have a great day. Ciao. There's another one. This is another case of the same thing. Yeah, where it gets is called like a dumpster fire. Yeah, which is like the lowest of the low, like the shittiest movie you've ever seen. Yeah, and it's really not that bad. This is yeah. It's it's probably not great, but I'm I'm probably saying like like Transformers is bad. Okay, we all know Transformers is bad. Like Transformers is so bad, it's unwatchable. Yes, like you don't even care what's happening at all. Yes. So let's say like the last like two or three Transformers movies were just filled with money, filled with action sequences, but you don't even want it. You don't even care to even watch the movies. Like that's how uninteresting it is because yep. they're not, there's nothing to those movies. Now, if anything is better than that, it's, you know, like that's like, it's a plus is now. Better than yeah. that, that's the, you're on the plus column. Yes. All right, you got like multi-million dollar effects bonanzas that overseas kill at the box office. Obviously, people who don't speak English like these movies. <laughs> all right, but I mean, to how do you put like uh, a movie that's like at least somewhat entertaining and has nice, funny dialogue or something like the King Arthur movie has like some funny dialogue in yeah, it? Yeah. How do you put that below Transformers? Yeah, like it's 29, 29%. So this is really interesting because, yeah, this is exactly like your experience with King Arthur. Here's the numbers. Officially, Dark Tower, Tomato Meter, 18%. Audience score, 61%, which is kind of what he said. Six out of 10. As far as the monies uh, off of 60 million. So the audience score is more on target than the critic score. Then. Yeah, so far, uh, $60 million production budget. It made $19 million opening weekend. It's made $25 million domestically, 33 worldwide in six days, which is not good. Uh, but I, I think I would kind of enjoy this movie. Now, if you look at the score and what Adam Moore said, if I go in just with low expectations and just wanting to be barely entertained, I think I would actually uh, dig this movie. I just wanted to see all the cool gun shit Idris Alba was doing. It looked cool in the let, trailers. Let, let's um, let's analyze this just for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, when you have comic book movies and you have like a IP like Marvel is doing, they're they're disregarding the canon for the most part, and they're trying to pull the essence of the character and make a movie, um, not giving a shit if they step all over canon. Right. Rewriting the they're, canon almost. They're, they're trying not to do that. They're trying to be respectful to it, but they're not beholden to it. All right. Um, so there's that. Marvel knows the formula. It's got the money behind it. It's got Disney behind it. They have no excuse to make a shitty movie. I mean, Kevin Feige knows the balance and he's, you know, he's, he's the reason there's so much of a fucking machine involved in this in Marvel and DC. DC has no excuse in making a shitty movie. No, they just, that's why we shit on DC so much because they literally have everything, every toy available and they still end they don't up know fucking what to it do up. with it. Like, why can't they yes. just look at Kevin Feige, who's smart enough sure. to t- take these storylines and take the best things out of them and and weave them like, together into a new thing? 
Green Lantern is a great I, is a great example of this. Like Green Lantern is a dog shit movie. It's yes. like not even entertaining. I mean, it's entertaining to a point. Yes, but it doesn't. You, you don't think that was a great Green Lantern movie? You, you, there is rife with so many problems that it's not like you don't want to watch it again ever again. Yeah. Um, and even that is still not a twenty on the scale of what it's probably like a 30 or 40, not a 20 or 18, like a fucking dark tower is getting. Let's see. Yeah, um, that's weird. You're right. I just don't get it. I don't, I mean like the worst movie that I I could think of is like probably Jonah hex. Right. Green Lantern's <laughs> 26 is higher than dark tower. And there's no yeah. way that that move, this movie is, or even King Arthur is worse than the fucking green lantern. Come on. Nah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the green lantern's bad. It's a bad movie. I went to go see it. I was like, no, it's not a good movie at all. Like they, they, they totally fucking drop the ball. But I mean, there's really bad movies out there that will give this, like there's a thousand bad movies. I mean, like Marvel and DC have no excuse to make a bad movie. Right. Sony uh, and Fox, they, I, I'd give them a little bit more leeway because they're not Marvel. They're not DC. They don't own the, the IP, the companies like they don't, they don't own the companies like they don't own Marvel. So like they have to they're doing weird shit. Like there's nobody holding them accountable for what they're doing. You can ro- roll the dice on a Fox movie. You can roll the dice on a, a Sony movie and say, OK, give them the benefit of the doubt because they they have they don't they're not, they don't have the the brain trust of D.C. sitting in on the on this fucking company. But then, they don't yeah, have it. Yeah. But then the, these Rotten Tomato reviews and the reviews ta- for Sony tank the Dark Tower before they even gets a chance. Uh, because I did read also that everyone thought the little kid in the movie was just completely horrible. But Adam Morris is like be. he wasn't that bad. He could be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember when to, I went to go see uh, the last action hero. Oh, with that and fucking that kid. kid <laughs> I wanted to fucking strangle that kid. But you know what? I still watch that movie. People didn't like people that did, was a terrible movie. People didn't like Eddie Furlong in T2. And like it, it, it grows on you after you watch yeah, the movie but, a couple of times. Last action hero. When I went to go see that movie, <laughs> I was so mad that that kid was in that movie and ruined that movie. But now I wa- I'll watch if it's on cable. I'll watch the whole fucking thing. Does does his review but, want you to what make you want to see Dark Tower? I want to see Dark Tower and give it a chance because yeah. I'm interested to learn about Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, because I want to. I, I never read the book. It's too. It was too many volumes. I was like, "Fuck that!" I have a life. I got. I got to be able to do something. I keep my time. There's I can't a lot Dark of Tower. yeah. There's a lot of chapters. I think there's a comic book adaptation too of Dark Tower. I believe. There have been, and they've been very good. Yeah. From what I've heard, I would very, check very that. Faithful. I would love to check that out. So, but uh, good. Well, good review. Thanks for sending that in, Adam. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening, Rugs. Where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. Come by, say hello. And uh, I'll retweet you. <laughs> Another huge. Thanks to Mike rips for coming on the show. Check out the show notes, check all his stuff out. Uh, and finally, most importantly, tell a friend, spread the geekery. Nerd. This has been the jock and nerd podcast. Thanks for listening. My name is Imran. My name is rug boy. He's the rug boy. And he's the nerd. <laughs> we'll pee you next time. But remember, keep it playing because right after the closing music, you're going to hear a track from Mike Rips. And we'll check you next time.
I've been all over the world. You know, I've been everywhere. And the bottom line is, pussy's pussy. You know, every strip club, every whorehouse, every... It's all the same shit. You know, I just fucked a girl two days ago and I don't even remember the color of her tits. But this... This is something you never forget. Right? Right? Summon out a dungeon of the sound of the Hudson Was dusted in public with blunt slip Fuck it, nah. steampunk mechanical arm piece This rustic, he is rustic Maniac like Bill Lustig J4 he, scorch beats, blowtorch teeth We tore deep, North fleet of the northeast I'm a beast, mix a big meat in the creech I'm a sheep, about to feast, bang the shit in your jeep There's no tomorrow, I live like Brick Bardo Quarter to six, still sniffing fish cargo Dying darko, heart colder than Fargo Got a S&M bitch, more whips than a car show Hustle a mad Buddha, got a stack Stick and move, maneuver like Zap Judah Splash a Red Bull in a glass with Matt Dura Whole 50 bag of Kush all packed in that hookah The money, the cars, the power, the name The mic, the boot, the passion, the pain The drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame Sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game The money, the cars, the power, the name The mic, the boot, the passion, the pain The drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame Sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game Guess who y'all, I'm rude y'all My mind's like Melvin Udall A bunch of white gorillas we belong in a zoo, y'all yeah. Shit talking turned into brawling in a pool hall Bow. Right after I told your girl she resembled RuPaul uh. Think you're spitting game, trying to holler at a lame bitch uh. I tell a player that they ain't shit like Stephen A. Smith ain't I'm shit. wasted, L's I'm facing, back to the basics Gazelle shades, Ox blades, Adidas fat laces yes. Losing my mind, bitch, it ain't my fault uh. About to dump a full clip out of 4-5 cold When one time get called, then a moose ain't bull Fuck, fuck, can't rebel, I sip bourbon and Joel Microphones, I murder, maneuver, killer Joe Cooper ha. Ninja Turtle verbal, a connoisseur to sewer yeah. It's a loser and a drunk and super fucking producer See me on the streets rhyming, I don't fuck with computers nah. The money, the cars, the power, the name The mic, the boot, the passion, the pain The drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame Sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game The money, the cars, the power, the name The mic, the boot, the passion, the pain The drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame Sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game Valiant, with my talents wrapped around medallions Biohazard, a student in Newcomb High graduate Grip mics till my hands covered with calluses Screaming all these rappers talentless I'd rather play the pacifist Stick up in a jaw If you let me hit it, ma Baby, I like it raw Like shimmy, shimmy, ya Two seconds flat Had her titties out of bra Too bad she had the clap And she giving me applause Got a bad habit For bitches that's acting ratchet 42nd Street Strolling with the roaches And the maggots With my seven Siamese twin Hiding in the basket Keep it cold Classic acid Till they drop my casket My penis is detachable Collapsible, retractable Send it off the metaphor Special force tactical Box car full of bombs Headed to the capital For the Bilderberger New World the trilateral, the money, the cars, the power, the name, the mic, the boot, the passion, the pain, the drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame, sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game, the money, the cars, the power, the name, the mic, the boot, the passion, the pain, the drugs, the bitches, the fortune, the fame, sacrifice, stress, it's a war, it's the game.